This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Third exascale prototype in China. And Cray returns to AMD Formula. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with Top500.org. I'm Addison Snell. That's Michael Feldman. And Michael, This Week in HPC, uh, I was traveling in China, actually, all last week in HPC China and Japan. And now we come back and there's... uh, some new news coming out of China. Now, I was there visiting a few uh, critical Chinese companies that are part of the uh, HPC ecosystem and also made an appearance at the HPC Advisory Council in Qingdao before the HPC China Conference. But the news transcends that. We've had a lot of exascale prototypes in China, and this is the third one now that's been unveiled. Right. This was reported by the uh, state-run news agency of China. So what they announced was the prototype of the third exascale computer that they've been working on. Remember, they have a three-pronged approach in China for different architectures. And this is the third prototype that they've announced. And we think this one is the x86-based one. It's called, or the the eventual machine will be called uh, Shungang. And that's going to go into, it looks like, According to this report, two two supercomputing systems or two supercomputing centers, I should say, one in Shanghai and one in Shenzhen. Um, but again, this is the third prototype that's rolled out. And in the uh, press report, they didn't announce uh, they announced virtually no details about the internals of the prototype or even of the final system. But we believe this is the one that's going to be based on x86 and uh, is going to follow. The intellectual property that's been that was started to get licensed by China's uh, starting this year. So to recap, then we've got three exascale prototypes in China. The first one is essentially the the Tianhe three prototype that's coming out, and this one is based on the Phidium chip, the Xiaomi platform. The second is the precursor to the Sunway system, and that's the one with the Shenway processor. So that that first one, the Phidium, that's an ARM-based, and then we've got a completely custom with the Shenway, and then this third one is an x86 prototype. And if we had to handicap this, it looks like this is really a little more leaning AMD, not Intel, for the x86. Right, and that's because, as we, I think, reported just a few months ago, the chip maker called Hygon announced that they were starting to ship the uh, the chips they licensed uh, months ago, actually two years ago, uh, from AMD based on the um, the Epic, the Zen One Epic uh, server architecture. They're now producing their own version of that chip, which is it sounds like it's essentially identical to Epic uh, that they're sh- they're shipping from AMD themselves. Um, so that's going into various machines that could be the chip that's in this prototype but not necessarily the prototype could be any x86 based machine that they're using to uh to test out some of the architecture that that might be going around this uh, eventual exascale computer but it looks like at this point that's probably the path they want to take they want to probably license a future version of zen most likely the third generation Zen, which is coming out sometime around 2020. Uh, that would be a, the most likely chip to go into an exascale machine in China, I would think. 
Yeah, 2020 would be an aggressive goal for this third exascale machine. Now, any of them could come out as soon as 2020, but I think out of the three prototypes, if I were handicapping it, I would say this would be the third to become available, don't you think? Yeah, I, w- I would guess that's that's right. In fact, since this was the third one announced, I think we can sort of see roughly where the uh, where the focus and effort is behind these things now. It doesn't necessarily mean that's happening, but uh, considering that China in general wants to move to their own designs, the X86 intellectual property, although they can license it, is not something they control as well. Um, so I'm thinking that they might not be as enthusiastic about an x86 supercomputing platform going forward as maybe the ARM designs and certainly the, the custom Shenway design, which they have complete control over. This is only the second x86 exascale prototype that, that's really been announced. The, the other exascale machine that we're looking forward to that's x86 is the A21 or Argon 2021 system which is to be based on some Intel architecture. Although the interesting thing there is that as much as that's going to be the soonest one on the U.S. horizon, that's the one where we might know the least about the processor architecture in question. It's presumably an Intel x86 architecture, but there have been some changes to the Intel roadmap there, and I I think no one in the public eye is really sure exactly what that architecture is going to entail. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's there's been a lot of mystery around the A21 machine and the and the uh, the chip behind it. So uh, most likely it'll be x86 based, but it's not going to be only that. For sure, there's going to be some other acceleration technology of one sort or another that's going to have to go along with that. And Intel hasn't uh, hasn't detailed that in any manner at all. So, but yeah, the the 2021 due date on that one and uh, might match up rather closely with uh, with the deployment of one or more of these Chinese uh, x86-based systems as well. They might come out in very close order. Yeah, and it, it, I only mention it because it still kind of astonishes me that worldwide it seems like we have more exascale plans at this point based on ARM technologies than we do on x86 technologies when we, we don't currently have a petascale at ARM. And we're talking about more than right. thousand scale uh, improvement with ARM in the next few short years. It's a very rapid pace of development. And what concerns me there isn't the chip as much as the software stack. How do you get the operating system and middleware stack to scale that high when you've got to do things like uh, memory management and fault tolerance at that level of scale? That's the, the really harder bit to, uh, to scale up. But uh, really, uh, while we have multiple ARM systems, or only the two on x86, one of which is Intel and the other of which looks like it's probably going to be AMD. Yeah, I mean, we should, we should sort of remind people of the history of these first you know, scale systems, you know, the first petascale system was, was a Roadrunner that was basically an AMD with an accelerator, an AMD CPU with an accelerator. Some of these first systems, they tend to be non-typical. So the, the exascale era may feature x86 in abundance. We can't really tell from this, 
but certainly the the landscape is quite different now, especially with the excitement around ARM and uh, some of the other technologies that we're seeing in the accelerator space. So I think this is not going to be a replay of what happened in Petascale, but it's not necessarily going to mean you know lights out for x86 either. There might be a just a big mix of architectures for a while as as people figure out sort of what uh, what niche that each of these architectures can uh, best be exploited in. So while it looks like this Chinese third exascale prototype is likely to be based on an AMD design, AMD also raced back into the news this week in HPC with something Cray hasn't sold in a while, and that's an an AMD-based supercomputer. Yeah, this is the first one I can remember since they were selling the ones back with the, in the Opteron days that were at least half a decade ago. This is now they announced Cray announced that they were they were going to offer the AMD Epic option on their CS five hundred cluster systems uh, back in April, and now this is the first announcement of a sale they've made. That's not to say they haven't made some other sales, but this is the first public announcement. This is for the the Haas F1 team, one of the Formula One teams that build uh, Formula One race cars, and they tend to use supercomputing to design some of the aerodynamics of these cars because that's how competitive it's become. And this particular system is indeed going to use the AMD Epic 7000 CPUs, something that uh, uh, is being introduced in the wider industry but hasn't yet uh, garnered much traction in HPC, but uh, I think we're going to see some of the first the first uh, inklings of it. And this is a very good example of something that we think uh, it's probably well suited for, which is basically CFD uh, type of wind tunnel aerodynamic uh, simulations. Yeah, elite racing teams in different sports, whether Formula One or or uh, bicycle racing, America's Cup yacht racing, we've seen these kinds of simulations to try to glean uh, any kind of speed advantage out of the designs. And uh, with Formula One in particular, where they've been doing HPC for a few decades now, there have been some rules which keep changing a little bit, but basically put a cap on how much supercomputing performance you can use in a given point in time. And these designs, therefore, because the the, uh, the rules are focused on peak performance, they, they tend to be uh, leaning toward architectures that are extremely efficient in terms of how much performance, how much application performance they deliver per flop. And as you point out in your article on top500.org, these AMD chips have done well uh, relatively on CFD simulations in the past. So that could have driven uh, a lot of the decision to choose an AMD processor in this Cray architecture. Yeah, those CFD codes tend to demand a lot of memory bandwidth. And that's something that the Epic chips are are demonstrably better at than the Xeon Skylake chips at this point. They have eight uh, memory controllers. They have higher general bandwidth, peak bandwidth, and generally perform better on those types of codes. Uh, they're still a little slower in the absolute flops department, but like you said, that's that's not as critical for codes like this and a lot of codes that are similar to this. Uh, so this is something that's probably a really good fit. And probably the price performance was probably a, uh, a bit better with the AMD Epics than they might have been able to get with the uh, the latest Xeon Skylake uh, CPUs as well. 
We also mentioned just in a recent episode of This Week in HPC the trend where European buyers tend to be a little more willing recently or seemingly so to talk about who they're buying from and what they're buying. We talked about Skoda Auto and their 15 petaflops and just so happened I was in a Skoda taxi cab in China recently so I had that fresh in my mind. But here with Formula One we get another example of this willingness to say here's what we're using. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, we don't know how big this system is, but uh, it's it's probably a fairly modest-sized system. But it's a, it's an interesting win for Cray and something I think is uh, that will be an indication of things to come. All right, Michael. Well, the news is certainly heating up as we close in on SC18. I expect we're going to be seeing a lot more in the weeks ahead. Yes, I think uh, we're just about three weeks out. And I think we are going to see a lot of news from from now until then. Keep watching our Twitter feed at Addison Snell and at Intersect360 for where we'll be at Supercomputing. And Michael, thanks a lot for some more interesting stories this week in HPC. And thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.